Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. something it's right so yeah. there was nothing there there was nothing there no intro <laughs> no intro do it again right. <laughs> welcome to on the mat i'm kyle klingman of the national wrestling hall of fame dan gable museum joined by the big boss man <laughs> doug van gelder we're going live we're a day early because of the cubs game that will take place tomorrow and so you get a, a special tuesday edition of on the mat which is normally wednesday at 5 o'clock, and also mentioned it's streamed live. Thank you to the mat.com, the mat.tv, and Jason Bryant for posting our shows on their website or its website. Uh, we appreciate that. So if you missed the show and want to go back to the mat.com or the mat.tv or go to 1650thefan.com, you can listen live on the web. Well, that's great. I love that. I, I, I've never. I don't know. I tried to uh, listen to something on uh, on a computer one week, and I couldn't get it. But I'm glad there's people out there that know how to get there. I am, too. <laughs> I'm, I am, too. And uh, just glad that we were able to flip-flop today. And uh, the Cubs game always takes precedence because that's uh, it's a big deal. But we are grateful to 1650 that we have this. Well, I think uh, this is this great this that uh, we did it a, you know, a day early. They made time for us here at the station, and uh, that's that's great. Yeah, it's. Uh, I appreciate uh, being able to have the time. And... As we have, because they know we're important too, Kyle. Well, yeah, Scott's been great. Yeah, we, we love working with Scott, and it's been good to finally have my radio fixed in, uh, in a different car, so I can start listening to sixteen fifty again and listen to the all the news and uh, Jesse Gavin and Scott Benzloff. So it's uh, always tune into sixteen fifty. Good. As you know, Doug, I don't know if listeners will know what we've been doing through the months of uh, August and September, but. Along with our regular interviews and our regular first segment here where we discuss what's happening in the world of wrestling, we also are having champions interviews, and we've had some colorful guests from Russ Rose. We've had uh, Ian Goldsmith was on last week. We've had a, a variety of people. We had Jen Farr Davis, who broke the Appalachian Trail speed record. This week, we're going to have Jacob Pauli, who is a coach, assistant coach for the University of Northern Iowa track team. 
He was a 2001 NCAA champion in the pole vault for indoor. And we have a different flavor here, too. We have two Northern Iowa Panthers on the program. We also have Alex Dolly, who will be participating at the World Championships for Ireland. I found that very well, interesting. I did, too. That's Jason Bryant. to talk Yeah, with Jason gave me the lead on this, and uh, I, I'm excited about hearing what, uh, how this came about. He has dual citizenship, and we're going to learn more from Alex Dolly, a for the former Northern Iowa Panther who can add his name to the list of... Uh, of wrestling greats who have gone on to the world championships, but for Ireland, of all places. So we're going to talk with Alex Dolly in the second segment. So Jacob Pauli, Alex Dolly will be our guest for this radio program. I think the last time I saw him was here at the uh, the uh, regionals yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. So uh, He was here for that? Yeah. So be interesting to talk with him and see where he's been and... How this all came about. Yeah, he's at Michigan State as a, as a volunteer assistant. So he's from Indiana, came to Northern Iowa at Michigan State, going to be wrestling for Ireland. So, boy, what a what a journey he's made. So wonder if they need a heavyweight. Uh, what, you want to fill in? Yeah. For yeah. what? <laughs> for what, Holland? I'd go Irish. Go. You'd go Irish. You're not Irish. You're, you know, all you're Irish, Dutch. All Irish is is uh, Dutchman that can't hold his liquor. <laughs> wow. Pulling it out. Pulling it out on a Tuesday. Gay, got to give a minute plug. Of course, we're a wrestling show, but I was talking with Scott about this. I'll tell you what. Not only am I a volleyball fanatic, I'm a UNI volleyball fanatic. And they're 4-0, went to the Marquette game last night. I don't want to miss many matches. Big fan of Bobby Peterson, the, the head volleyball coach there. And as Scott and I were talking, Bree Payton might be the best volleyball player in UNI history, if she keeps going the way she's going, she How many uh, kills she had last night. Think what, 14? Yes. Scott, 14 yes. kills yes. last yes. night, and and it's not just that; it's just her presence on the floor. I mean, she she does it all. She's a she's a great setter. She can play. Preseason All American. Uh, I don't know if she was. I, I know she's been the NBC Player of the Year the last two okay. years. So, okay. uh, she's from Waterloo, Columbus. I believe she was a walk-on. So, uh, get out and see all, all the females that play with the, the volleyball team. Michelle Burrow. Uh, Bree Payton, you have Candace Burke from East Waterloo. Just, I'd recommend getting out out and watching a volleyball game because it's uh, the best spe spectator sport I've seen. It's fast-paced, and uh, get to a UNI volleyball game. It's really fun. So Does, that's my plug for volleyball. Scott? It doesn't matter where, whether it was in, you know, the, the years in the West Gym or oh, yeah. currently in the, uh, the McLeod Center. Just, just an absolute you know, joy to see him play. It, it is a joy to see. And, and I think, from, from what I understand from Bobby, and, and I like this because... Uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, too, in a, in a different context. But West Gym, man, that's sacred wrestling ground, and that's sacred volleyball ground, too. <laughs> they got that place rocking. I think Bobby would actually pr prefer to have oh. all the volleyball games in the West Gym. Oh, yeah. And, Just uh, for the intimacy. Intimacy. And, and I'll tell you, the West Gym is a magical place. It's, it's one of those, if I have a historical registry of the top ten places you need to go as a wrestling fan, I'm putting West Gym on that list. It's a, it's a great place. It's yeah, that was the uh, first place I saw a collegiate wrestling meet was in the West Gym. And, you know, that was that was where it was at when I was in college. So Yeah, and uh, 1950 NCAA champions there. And uh, talking with Jim Miller once, they used to have the Pink Panther, and they put the spotlight, and he'd look around the corner, and then the Panther would take the, the charges out. I mean, I want to get back to those days. I want to get back to those days a little bit. But first, I'm going to read this story that, uh, that I had seen that Scott Fenzoff had sent me, and I love this. Headline, Wrestling Sisters 
take down hit-and-run suspect in Oklahoma. Oh, sweet. Had you heard about this? No. You haven't? Good. An alleged hit-and-run driver proved to be no match for a pair of wrestling sisters who used their grappling skills to score a roadside takedown. Brittany and Brianna Delgado, members of the Oklahoma City University wrestling team, then held the suspect with wrestling techniques until police arrived. My sister and I are very proficient wrestlers and also played football in high school, so we know about tackling, said Brittany Delgado, uh, what she told the Oklahoma. And the sisters were driving their grandmother Saturday night when there was a collision with another car. The other driver got out of his car and started running away. Both Delgados pursued him with Brianna in the lead. When I was chasing him, I was still yelling, you need to come back, Brianna told the Oklahoman. I wasn't wearing the proper footwear. I got a little road rash when I tackled him. Brianna said the man had his hands beneath him when she tackled him. Then, in case he had a weapon, she concentrated on securing his hands and brought them behind his back with a wrestling move. Hammerlock or chicken wing, depending on your territory or interpretation. I love that line in this, based on the territory. I think, for us, we're going to call it a chicken wing. That's what we call it in Iowa. If Brianna wouldn't have tackled them, I'm pretty sure he would have gotten away, Brittany told the Oklahoman. The sisters are originally from South Carolina. Brittany, a senior, began wrestling when she was three and is a two-time national champion in the Women's College Association. Brianna will be a freshman this year. They're typical young women wrestlers, Oklahoma City coach Archer Randall told the old Oklahoman. They're very aggressive and determined with what they're going to do. I love it. That guy's going to have a hard time in prison. <laughs> <laughs> well... It, it reminds me, I mean, we had a, we had the, the gentleman, I can't think of his name right now, but he was a, a blind wrestler, sure, and sure. Uh, we had him on the program, and he, he detained someone who was trying to rob him, and that's, uh, that's what uh, A couple weeks ago, we had somebody, what, 75-year-old guy that wrestled and... Yeah, in his own home. Yeah. Home took invasion somebody down. took him down. Former wrestler. I yeah. love story about that. It's I mean, a lifetime skill set, boys. <laughs> Girls. Hey, and even though... Learn them. Okay, Okay, he's not 75, but he's getting older as a wrestler, and we were going to talk about this regardless. Kurt Angle has said he is going to be wrestling at the Olympic trials in Iowa City in 2012, April 21st and 22nd of next year. Kurt Angle, of course, 1995 world champion, 1996 Olympic champion, known for his professional wrestling career, world champion in uh, TNA and WWE. He hasn't been on the mat in a competition since '96. Since 1996, and that's 16 years. So he has got to be in his 40s now. Uh, I think he's 43. Let Let me get your take first of all. What you think on a comeback like this, Doug? And then I'll chime in. Well, I think you know. I think it's great. Uh, I think what he's doing is trying to draw some attention to the sport from a whole new uh, number of people that haven't really been following amateur wrestling much, and. Uh, I think he'll be serious about it. I think he'll come back in shape. Uh, it, it's going to be, you know, to me it's very dynamic what he's doing. And uh, I think he's doing it kind of as a payback for the sport. You know, he, he's kind of trying to, didn't pay it forward, so now he's going to pay it forward. Trying, well, I, I, I really think it's going to make it tough to get a ticket down there. I hope that's the case. I think it is. I hope that's the case. I hope that uh, it, it does draw people. Now, let, let's talk about two things. Number one. There, uh, we had the George Tragos Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame inductions, and, and one of the matches that got brought up in the induction speeches that nobody got to see that is probably going to go down in wrestling lore is when Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, when they were in the WWE, had a wrestling match in the ring. And 
I'll tell you, one of the things they were upset about is why wouldn't you try to get people to see that type of a match? Uh, from what I hear, Kurt Angle got the best of it against Brock Lesnar. It's one of those underground matches that, that you hear about and the pro wrestlers talk about a lot. I would have loved to have been there for that match. That's one of those ones where you would have paid any Absolutely. amount of money to go see Brock Absolutely. Lesnar. Absolutely. It, it was not marketed correctly. Well, no, it was, a, it was an underground match. It was behind the scenes. It was a behind-the-scenes match. But, that, but you're right about that because, from what I understand, Vince McMahon said, what are you doing? Why wouldn't you try to get yes, tickets for that? Absolutely. So, yeah, that would, be, that would be a great amateur match. I don't even like that word, but a freestyle match or a collegiate match to see. Point number two. Maybe both. Point number two. Yeah, maybe both. You could have both, uh, both there. Point number two, Kurt Angle's too old to make a legitimate run. I mean, they're... I, I didn't hear the, the interview with Eddie Goldman. I'd like to go back and listen to what he, Kurt Angle said about why he's coming back. I can only surmise. But these are just my thoughts about him doing it. Being 44, I think he's 44 years old, 43. He'll be 44 at the Olympic trials. I don't know how he's going to even have a, a chance. He doesn't know the rules. He hasn't been up to date with it. He, even though it's a it's shorter time period, four-minute matches, potentially six minutes at the longest, I don't know how he's going to beat a beast like Jake Varner at this point in his career. As much as I like Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle is one of my favorite wrestlers. I loved his style. I loved his, uh, the way he w approached the sport. Maybe he's zero chance. Maybe he's still trying to, you know, his, his home state. Uh, where, where is he from? Pennsylvania. 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 Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, he, he's fallen right into the Kale Sanderson deal out there. That's the way I see it. Well, he's trying to create more interest in wrestling. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. I guarantee you he's going to be in shape. Well, and it's not disputing whether he's going to be in shape. And I love Technique-wise, I don't know. But if he's going to start, you know, he'll be able to hire a pretty good coach. He's had a, a very lucrative professional career. Uh, recently was in a movie that uh, I'm sure he's doing all right with. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I am, too. And it's not, hey, like I say, I, I'm a Kurt Angle fanatic. I mean, this guy's. uh Someone that I grew up on, uh, Kurt Angle is one of, one of the guys that really spurned my interest in wrestling. But as far as legitimate chance, let's talk about his chances. I mean, the reason he's able to get in is because past Olympic champions, past world champions, get to go to the Olympic trials without having to go through the qualification process. Uh, I don't know if he's planning on trying to get on the top of the ladder at any any point during the season, but uh, I just don't see what the the legi legitimate chances are, and and I don't know if he even thinks he does, but. Maybe he goes out there and he uh, he surprises someone and uh, be good for the sport. I, I think that uh, hopefully some pro wrestling fans want to come out and see it. I hope he surprises himself the most. Yeah, that'd be great. 44. You know, I don't old. know what his thinking is, but I don't think that he's going to say, well, I'm going to go there just to make an appearance. No. He, he's he's going to go and he's going to put on a legitimate uh, effort to win. But let, let's go back to, I mean, it's five years later, but... Uh, what Randy Lewis was 49 when he made his wrestling at the uh, sure. in Waterloo, sure. and he he had a pretty decent showing. I don't know that he's led the same kind of life as Kurt Angle, but well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, let, but let's let's compare here a little bit. I mean, and he he went against Mosafe, and it, it wasn't as as good as he had hoped. And and Randy Lewis is one of the all-time greats. Sure. And uh, and, and what Randy will tell you is he that won a couple of matches. He won two there. matches, but he got more tired than he thought he was going to be. Sure. And, and I think that that's one thing that Kurt's going to, if he wins a couple matches, is he's going to have to face is you're going to be in that uh, in that tournament, and Randy will tell you that uh, he had to suck a lot of weight, Randy, to get down there, and, and he got more tired. And I think uh, 
had Randy been able to have a little more recovery time and, and get his weight up, he would have been, uh, you know, I, I don't know how well he would have done, but Randy certainly uh, showed what you can do at 49 years old by winning a couple matches. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So Kurt Angle, 1996 Olympic champion, really one of the all-time greats. Randy Lewis, one of the all-time greats, uh, trying their hand at wrestling again. So we're, uh, we're going to see how that, uh, that pans out at the 2012 Olympic trials. I uh, also want to bring this up. I, I've wanted to talk about it the last uh, couple shows. It's, it's a, a topic I like. You know, I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, with Rucker Park out in, uh, in New York. It's a, it's a basketball uh, court where they have pickup games. Not at all. Hey, how does that sound? And that's fine. <laughs> you know what, what we need, though, and this is where it belongs, is we need pickup wrestling again. Yeah. We need some pickup wrestling, and, and I'm talking about old school wrestling. And I love old-school wrestling. Dan Gable's old-school. Tom Peckham, old-school. The, the guys that are in your new school, they're your, your guys like Ben Askren and Jake Herbert. But, uh, you know, Jason Bryan at U.S. Harrison, he's new school. Craig Sesker, the communication staff, he's old-school. we got to get some of this old-school thinking back with some pickup wrestling matches. And, and I would love to see something like that where you have a round-robin, you have a grass match out in, in East Waterloo between Doug Schwab, Brent Metcalf, and Mike Zadig, old school, like 1960 style back in Highland. I'd love to see that. Did you ever have a pickup wrestling match? More than one. How did those go? You I loved was, it, didn't you? You know, every time, I think probably the first three class reunions we had at 5, 10, and 15 years, we always had to wrestle. And it was usually in the backyard after a couple of beers, I'll admit that, but I was undefeated. Undefeated? In undefeated. In old school pickup matches. Old school pickup matches, yep. And how prevalent were they? I mean, what, why can't we get back to it this? It became a, you know, after the first time, it became a centerpiece of our reunions for a couple of days or a couple of years. For me, anyway, you know, that's just the way it was. Yeah. Well, I, I know pickup wrestling matches are, are prevalent uh, when you get a lot of ex wrestlers together, and you, you still want to try out some moves. That I think that happens. But I want, I want to see these guys that uh, that are good. And you just say, hey, let's go get some pickup wrestling matches, and we get to watch some of these guys. I want to go see, you know, Tolly Thompson and Stephen Neal and Kerry McCoy, and some of those guys do a, do a little round robin and just work in on each other and and go takedowns a little bit. That that's what I want to see. And, and if we're lucky, I'd like to see Doug Van Gelder get in there for one of those goes. Boy, that would be a stretch, but uh, that'd be that'd be a goal. What you you would you do it? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not going to make any strong commitment to it, but I would give it a whirl. All right, well, we, if, if you know, you I'm not ready to take on national champions or anything, but... Well, listen, if, if you... if you Somebody get, wanted to go out there and roll around just for fun? All yeah. right, well, you're old. I don't right? know if you can do wrestling just for fun, though. It's never been in my makeup, no, it, I guess. it hasn't, Doug, but listen, you are old school. You're the kind of guy that we need to to start some pickup wrestling. Well, you know, there used to be a lot of old-timer tournaments. Yeah, not as much anymore. No, not as much anymore. And that, uh, I don't know why, but there used to be a huge one down at Knoxville every year. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the areas, I think they used to have one up at Janesville for a while. I always went down to the Knoxville one for probably until I was 30. Well, I'll tell you, there's, I, I would say the, the crew right in here, Doug Van Gelder, Scott Fenzoff, Kyle Klingman, we're all old school. We're all old school thinking. And I know Scott Fenzoff is. Am I right? You are correct. I mean, you're old school, man. Absolutely. And, th and that's, uh, that's an honor to have you in that crew. 
Thank you. I also want to say this uh, real quick before we go into the break where we get into our champions interviews. 2012 NAIA tournament, March 1st through the 3rd, will be in Des Moines. It was uh, going to be in Cedar Rapids. Got moved to Des Moines. So, Doug, if you want to head down for the NAIA tournament, do you get to go to Des Moines and see it instead of Cedar Rapids? March 1st to the 3rd? Cedar Rapids isn't going to be ready for uh, it. Yeah, renovations. Yeah. Having renovations there. So it's. Uh, Where is it going to be held in Des Moines? Uh, let's see. Can be the barn? I don't want to commit to that. Okay. I think it's going to... Isn't the barn getting torn down? I, think I don't think so. I think it was getting remodeled. There's, it's being extensively remodeled. A portion of that, is a lot of the seating is being taken out. Uh, all the old uh, bleachers and that are being taken out and that. Okay. Um, it's going to be made more into part of the um, Hy-Vee Hall and uh, the uh, Iowa Events Center because... Uh, there's other other events coming up uh, this coming year or the, in in 2012. In your backyard, a few frosty beverages and some tall tales. The charcoal is hot and you're ready to start grilling. One of your buddies says, "Hey, Ted, who brought the meat?" That's right. No one brought anything for the grill. Good thing you stocked up and have a case of Black Angus beef patties from Martin Brothers. Prepare yourself to be a hero among men because you just saved the day. Martin Brothers Food Market has the area's best selection of top quality meats for your grill and one of the area's largest selections of summer party supplies like plates, napkins, and utensils. If you don't see the summer favorites you're looking for, our warehouse stocks over 10,000 items not found in the store. There's never a membership fee at Martin Brothers, and we're always open to the public. Be sure to check out this week's hot buys at martinbrothersfoodmarket.com. Martin Brothers Food Market, 408 Viking Road in Cedar Falls. As your local Ace Hardware store, O'Donnell Ace Hardware on 18th Street in Cedar Falls has everything you need for all of your home projects. Open seven days a week for your convenience. O'Donnell meets the needs of our community. They are committed to being the helpful place and promise that helping you is the most important thing they have to do today. O'Donnell Ace Hardware on 18th Street, Cedar Falls. Your helpful hardware store. During the National Cattle Congress Fair, shut the front door. Waterloo Warehousing presents Head East. We're back on the mat, 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Dan Gable Museum. Producer Scott Fensloff, co-host Doug Van Gelder, and we are in our second segment. We are having our champions interviews where we interview champions outside the sport of wrestling. 
to learn more about what it takes to be a champion. This week's interview is with Jacob Pauli, 2001 NCAA champion indoor in the pole vault, Doug. And this is a, an event that we were talking off air that we both like a lot. I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed the uh, pole vault. It just seems like it's there's something very fascinating about it. It takes a lot of speed, takes a lot of strength, and a lot of timing. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be interesting to talk to a champion. Well, champion Jacob Pauli, he is an assistant coach at the University of Northern Iowa. Thank you for joining us today, Jacob. How are we doing, fellas? Good. Uh, first question we got to ask is uh, we were talking in our first segment uh, about old school and new school. Where do, where do you fit? Are you old school or new school? You know, I feel like I'm old school, but in the wrestling world, I probably wouldn't fit anywhere into either of those uh, categories. I've only had a few exposures to wrestling. i got to get that out of the way right away. Oh, that's fine. Uh, one is uh, when I came to Iowa, I'm from Illinois originally, uh, my roommates are all from Iowa, and they would constantly be wrestling, and they would put me into all sorts of moves that I didn't uh, know how to get out of. And so I started a new uh, technique called a possum, and that is where <laughs> I went completely limp and did absolutely nothing to fight back for fear of my own injury. Not not a bad move. I so I don't know. If, I don't know if what you consider that old school or new school. That's old school. But but okay. you're, you're <laughs> you used to you know I used to feign some weaknesses just to get an opponent to commit to something and then I could reverse them. So well, I'm not sure what that means. But okay. Okay. And, and you're uh, you're a musician. Uh, yeah, I am a musician. I I, I dabble in the, in the arts. Yes. That that's kind of new school, isn't it? I mean, we're just trying to kind of. <laughs> decipher here a little bit but yeah you know the pole vaulting is um it's, a, it's the old school type event but the, the, the kind of the guy that a pole vaulter usually is is, is sort of your uh, eccentric uh kind of your weirdo uh adventure freak musician a lot of a lot of musicians in the pole vault world sounds uh, a lot like champion wrestlers to me yeah it can well, be. That, that sounds awesome well, let's get some of the softball questions out of the way, the ones that uh, you probably get asked a lot that uh, that we have to just ask because they are fascinating questions. Number one, no pole vaulting in high school. How do you get involved in the pole vault in, in college? Or, or is there high school or pole vaulting in high school in Illinois? There is, yes. Okay. Uh, no pole vaulting in high school in Iowa and Alaska only. Oh, I'll be done. Really? So I can't quite explain that. I know at one point in my life I decided I was going to change that. Since then, I've realized what an undertaking that would be, and I just don't have it in me, I don't think. But, but sadly, there is no pole vault in the in the Iowa high school system, and I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's uh, the liability, the cost, it's very expensive sport, um, and it's dangerous if people don't know what they're doing. And so, I think it um, kind of got a bad rap over the years. And you know, there's always a, a few unfortunate accidents uh, around the country each year, and I think that Iowa bowed out uh, somewhere in the late. 80s, early 90s, I believe. Which leads into the second question, which I'm sure you get a lot, is uh, is there that fear of the pole snapping when uh, when you're running down the runway? There is. It's always always a risk. I really have not broken very many poles. I broke poles in high school a lot, but not since college have I really broken a pole. Um, the world championships are going on right now in Daegu, South Korea, and in the uh, pole vault final yesterday, two guys broke poles, and uh, it can really set you back, but I, I really haven't had much of that, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if it's a, the kind of pole that I use or if it's a technique kind of situation or what, but I, I really haven't broken any poles. There, it's always, yeah, it's always a possibility. What are the poles made of now? 
Um, fiberglass poles. The pole company that I use, there's two basic pole companies throughout the world. The pole company that I use makes their poles out of purely out of fiberglass. Okay. And then there's another company that makes them out of uh, carbon fiber and fiberglass. And um, those, to be honest with you, tend to be the ones that break a little more often. Uh, so I just stay away from those. I'll tell you how far back I go. I think they used uh, aluminum when I was in high school. Yes, that uh, aluminum, and then they went to bamboo, and then you know somewhere in the '70s, the first uh, you know um, like poles that bent fiberglass came on. Yeah, first fiberglass poles, poles came onto the market, and it uh, ch- kind of changed the sport completely. But talking about old school, you go back and look at some videos of in the '50s and '60s of these guys jumping on aluminum poles, bamboo poles. Those guys were men. I mean, yeah. they were landing in a a foot deep pile of sawdust, and uh, yeah. you know that—that's something I—I I don't know how how I would fare in that world. For sure. Far. All right. Fi- final softball is transportation of poles. I- I'm sure you get that question a lot. It's a—it's a great question. It is by far the worst part of what I do is traveling throughout the world with, with a 17 foot long bag <laughs> on your shoulder. It's—it's it's like taking it. I don't know how to compare it. I mean. You, you're, you're glued to these poles. You can't go anywhere. People say, oh, do you go and see the sites when you're in Europe? And, and no, I don't go anywhere because I, I'm babysitting this 17-foot-long bag of, uh, you know, poles, and I have to fly them everywhere I go. Um, the airlines are, they hate us when we show up with the poles on our, <laughs> on our shoulders. <laughs> We've had, I mean, I can tell you so many stories of different things. Uh, you know, people, like, hoisting poles up to a third-story uh airport on the side of the building with a rope, you know, crazy stuff. Um, it's been really the hardest part of the entire thing is getting those poles, and it's always the most stressful part. When I'm rolling up to the airport, and I'm, especially if I'm going overseas or something, it's always a concern. Um, will they take them? Are they going to fit? And we have a list of planes that each pole, you know, that poles fit on, but it's convincing the, the person behind the desk that they will fit on the thing. That's always the hardest part. And there's no, I mean, you can't call ahead and say, hey, do you take poles? Well, we know that they take poles. We have, okay. we, all, uh, the smart pole vaulters carry around a list of airlines. Okay. And which planes that they operate, you know, are, are equipped to fit the poles. It's really just the person behind the desk convincing them that, that you know more than they do, which is never a good, a good thing. You've got to do it very gently. It sounds like a FedEx commercial to me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That, uh, it should be. Maybe Jacob should uh, should get some endorsements from FedEx. And we're I like that. We were talking well, about Ironically, Jake. FedEx won't touch your poles. FedEx oh. will touch your poles. Then go to their rival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking with Jacob Pauli, 2001 NCAA champion indoor in the pole vault. He is an assistant coach at the University of Northern Iowa, and he's our champion interview for On the Mat, and I want to talk about that. NCAA champion, that's a, that's a big deal. Anytime you can get to that high bar in the, in the collegiate realm, what does it take? I mean, what does it take to get to that, uh, that top level in a sport that uh, a lot of people don't necessarily know about but may be one of the most demanding sports that you have out there? Well, uh, in college, I was super focused. I mean, it, it, um, it's a lot of work, a lot of, you know, a lot of preseason work, a lot of... Uh, Strength training, sprint training, um, the, the actual pole vaulting, which is just unbearably difficult. I mean, that's the technical aspect of that. Uh, you've got all that stuff going on. And so I just I got focused really early in my career, actually. And, you know, about the time of the sophomore in college, I was 
getting pretty serious about making a career out of this. So I, uh, I just worked really hard. Really, you know, I won one NCAA championship, but I really felt like I was in the driver's seat for a couple of them and in the mix to win a couple more. So, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm very proud of what I did in Northern Iowa, but I'm, you know, it could have been better. Um, it's just a, it's just a, you know, you got to be good on the right day. It's just, it's just a really difficult thing. And, and timing, I mean, you guys mentioned timing when you're introducing me, and that's just one of the biggest things is, you know, not being injured at the right time, uh, being fit and, and technically ready to go at the right time. And, and it's, it's a crazy event in that way. Talk about uh, w- with the timing, but it's it's also the sport of, uh, of inches where if you're going to make increases in your sport, you have to go to another pole and make adjustments. How hard are those adjustments to make when you're used to one, uh, one style of pole? If you want to get up to the next level, I'm assuming you have to get, get a different pole. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, I traveled to a meet with about seven poles. And wow. there's, a, there's, there's a couple beginning poles, you know, first time down the runway poles that are real easy to, to get into the pit on. And then there's a couple poles that are like, you know, if you're on these poles, you're jumping really high this day. And, and they go by, you know, uh, a weight rating or stiffness. And so, you know, the higher you can grip on the, on the strongest pole, the higher you're going to jump. It's, it, that's very simple. But it's just getting to that high grip with that strong pole that's going to do it and um you know i've jumped on one of the biggest poles in history uh the same pole that the world record was set on in 1993 so i'm definitely at that level it's just getting there more consistently you know the last couple of years i've been kind of beat up with different injuries and um i, I this next year is really important with the olympic trials coming up and you know making that team and going over to london and actually doing some business um, at the games, it's uh, it's it's being you know I'm gonna have to be on big pole to do that. So you know I'm starting to prepare for that and get ready to go. And really, it's just a health issue. I've, I've had uh, a couple of Achilles injuries and calf injuries and stuff like that that are, are pretty much in the past. But you know, it's staying healthy for a long period of time that'll get me there. I think. And I, and I want to ask you about that. What's your motivation? You're what 30 right now? 32 actually. 32. What's yeah. uh what's your motivation to keep going, Jacob? Um, you know, it's a kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny thing. I just, I'm just terrified to look back at the end of my career and say, I did not get done what I know was in me. You know, I watched the last couple years. I've watched the, uh, what it takes to make a, a world championship team or an Olympic team. It's just, it's so uh, possible for me. I mean, it, it's completely possible. You know, I've been there. I've been to the world championships in 2007, but that Olympic team in 2008. Uh, I missed out. I was, I was fifth at the trials, and then two weeks later, I went and I jumped 19 feet. Uh, you know, would have it would have put me easily on the team. And so, it's just it's just that timing. And I and I don't want to look back and just say, you know, okay, I did some good stuff. I won a national championship. I was an All-American, and I made a world team, and you know, did this or that. I want to look back and say, you know, what, that's what I was going for, and I did it. And it's it's a fear. I have a just a desperate fear of not achieving my goals. And so I'm, I I know it's in there. I just got to get it out. Congratulations on that choice. That's a, I'm, I'm glad you're keeping going. We are talking with Jacob Pauli, 2001 NCAA champion for the University of Northern Iowa in the pole vault, and he is currently an assistant coach at the University of Northern Iowa. We are on a wrestling program, but we have champions interviews, and I want to relate this to wrestling in some capacity. In wrestling, we look in terms of, of your opponent. What is your opponent in the pole vault? It is the, uh, it's the 
the situation. Your, your, your opponent is always the situation. So you go, you know, to Europe, let's say, for a, a series of meets, and what you'll find out is that it's very difficult to jump in Europe. It's, it's terrible weather most of the time. It's uh, just shoddy uh, uh, equipment. You know, the pit, the, the landing mat that you would land on is about half the size as you would see in, in the U.S. in some cases. Um, and so really, it's just being strong and confident in every situation. You know, a headwind can derail an entire competition. I've been in competitions where two, two out of the 14 people in the field have made a bar because there was a headwind. It's just it, a little bit of wind or a little bit of rain, things like that. And so um, really, like, I, I really pride myself on staying in Iowa. I've had a lot of pressure over the years to move to different places and train. And um, I just really pride myself on being here. Because it's hard. I mean, in, you know, in the fall, I'm starting my training right now, and I'll encounter some pretty nasty weather, and I'll be out there pole vaulting in it. And in the spring, it doesn't warm up, and it doesn't get really good until June. So uh, it's just one of the things that, you know, you got to be strong with each situation, and uh, it's just a confidence thing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, like I said, these world championships uh, yesterday was, was the final. And you watch the Olympic champ from 2008 and the second-best pole vaulter in history. He can't leave the ground. He runs down the runway three times. He cannot leave the ground. And what it is is it's, it's just a confidence issue, you know. Wow. Well, you're, uh, we're talking about motivation and, and support. Uh, your wife, uh, Nikki Nelson, who is now Nikki Paul, I was a, uh, a runner at the University of Northern Iowa. I believe she still has two records, and the 400 is one of them. Uh, th does that help uh, in, in your pursuit of, of going after this Olympics where uh, she knows what you're going through? Absolutely, yeah. She's a she's super supportive. She knows exactly what I'm going through. She's been to Europe and competed. She was, uh, I think, 2006. She made the semifinals at the U.S. Championships and the 400 hurdles. Um, so she knows what it's like. She, you know, it, I can't imagine it being in any other way. You know, um, when I have to go train, she understands how important that is, and she's just very supportive. And then financially, at the same time, you know, she's got a lot. She works a lot to keep us going. Because right now, you know, it's kind of an off time for me as far as making money goes. I, I lost my Nike contract in 2009 um, and just through injury and stuff like that. And so she's really been taking care of us financially. And she, she knows what it takes for me to get there. And she believes in me. And it's a, it's a good fit. So We're talking about High Bar. And, and the name in wrestling is Dan Gable. The name in pole vaulting is Sergey Bubka. Uh, if he shows up, is it kind of like, wow, th there's the man. Sergey Bubka, 20 feet, 1 and 3 quarter inches. Uh, I believe a mark sent said in 1994. I mean, is he still the man in pole vaulting for you guys? Yeah, you know, he's still involved in the sport. He's, he's long retired, but he's still involved in the sport. He's the uh, vice president of the IAAF, our, our world uh, you know, our world sanctioning, um, uh, whatever you call it, uh, federation. Sure. Uh, so he's around at these big meets. And yeah, he's still the man. I mean, he what he did was just absolutely amazing. And, and the thing, the, the really crazy part is, someday his world record might get broken, but there will absolutely never be anybody as good as he was. And he he made the world record by a foot. You know, his his downfall was that he was making so much money each time he'd break that world record that he would just break it by a centimeter each time. And what happened was he ran out of time. Uh, he had an injury that slowed him down at the very end there, and then. He just ran out of time. Really, if he had absolutely gone for it, I believe the world record would be a lot different than it is right now. I think it'd be untouchable. But he just, uh, you know, he was going little bits at a time, and you know, he ran out. So, yeah, he's a man. 
Very interesting. We have uh, enjoyed having you on the program for our champions interview. Uh, I know we're both fascinated by the pole vault, and it's been fun learning more about this. And wish you all the best with the uh, 2012 Olympic trials and with the uh, track team at Northern Iowa. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing your time with us, champ. You bet. You guys take care. All right, Jacob Paul, I NCAA champion in 2001. We have another Northern Iowa athlete. He's a wrestler. He's going to be competing for Ireland. His name's Alex Daly. He's next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. Jim Rome here with your Rome Report. Michael Vick signed a six-year deal worth $100 million. It's amazing. It's official. The guy's made it all the way back. He's come full circle. Four years ago, when he lost his $130 million contract with the Falcons and was headed to the hole for his involvement in a dogfighting scandal, I would have thought that he was finished, that his life was essentially over, that there was no way that that guy was coming back from that, either financially or personally, but... He has. In fact, he's all the way back personally and professionally. He didn't just get another shot in the NFL or just stick. He just signed his second $100 million contract of his career, and I find that astonishing. Look, what he did was reprehensible. I hated it then. I still hate it right now, and some people will never forgive him, but you have to acknowledge that this comeback is amazing. Even in America, things like that don't happen. I didn't think he had it in him, and I was wrong. I had no idea tire pressure could affect my car's fuel efficiency. Thankfully, the Sears Blue Automotive crew was there to help. They checked my tire pressure for free and even filled me in on what types of new tires could help me save on gas. Hurry into Sears Auto Center through September 10th and save on all tires. All tire sizes, all tire brands. And pay only $21.99 for a conventional oil change with coupon and no shop or disposal fees. Plus, auto batteries are as low as $49.98 with exchange. Sears Auto Center. Exclusions apply. See store for details. I'm in the, we use 50 kinds of fasteners, and if we run low, we need more of them. Fast business. At Granger, we know what business you're in. The more our customers grow, the more we grow business. The business of getting things done. That's why we offer over 900,000 products and the support you need to get your job done right and on time. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by one of our branches. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Lindsay Soto with this NFL Network now on Westwood One. Michael Vick is a $100 million man once again. The Eagles quarterback agreed to a six-year contract extension on Monday worth $100 million, according to Michael Lombardi. The deal isn't quite as lucrative as the 10-year $130 million deal Vick got from the Falcons in 2004, but it certainly puts him back in the elite quarterback category with regard to pay. In Indy, Peyton Manning is off the PUP list, but still unsure about his status for week one. The quarterback, who had to be activated by Saturday or else missed the first six games, started practicing with the team Monday on a scripted and controlled basis. And Bengals running back Cedric Benson is going to be spending some time in jail during the season. Sentenced to 20 days on Monday as part of a plea deal to settle two misdemeanor assault cases, Benson will surrender to authorities October 17th, the Monday of Cincinnati's bye week. This has been NFL Network Now on Westwood One. Live from Progressive. Flo here with breaking news. Let's go to Jim in the chopper. Hey, Flo, looks like Progressive is offering the snapshot discount. It's their biggest discount ever. Should be huge. That's big, Jim. But what's with the chopper? What do you mean? It's a chopper. Choppers are sweet. 
They kind of are. The Snapshot Discount. It's new, it's a big deal, and it's finally here. Learn more at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and its affiliates, Mayfield Village, Ohio. Prices vary based on how you buy. Snapshot is not available in all states. Know why most shoe stores never bother to measure your feet? Too much work. Know why they don't offer different widths? Too much work. Know why they don't ask about your work? Too much work. Think you can say installing that last bridge span or torquing the bolts on a jet engine is too much work? Didn't think so. At a Red Wing shoe store, we know your feet and your work. Because Red Wing boots are purpose-built for the exact work you do. Red Wing shoes. Work is our work. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller with your weather eye forecast on the fan. Scattered showers and thunderstorms possible early tonight. Otherwise, we'll see mainly cloudy skies with a low of 62 and southeast winds at 5 to 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy with a high temperature of 84 and southeast winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Thursday, sunshine with a high temperature of 92. Friday, a slight chance of storms with a high of 88. Saturday, partly cloudy at 79. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. Right now, it's 64. We're back on the mat. 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum, joined by Doug Van Gelder and producer Scott Fenslov. Tell you what, I'm still buzzing from the uh, the interview with Jacob Paula. That was, that awesome. was a great interview, but uh, this is a great story coming up here. It's a great story, and I love it when we have uh, Northern Iowa athletes making headlines, and this was a story that was made, uh, made aware to me by Jason Bryan at USA Wrestling. He texted me and said, uh, here, here's your next show, and he said Alex Dolly is going to be competing at the World Championships for Ireland, and so we're going to talk with him about that. Welcome to the show, Alex Dolly. Hi guys, thanks. Well, first of all, let's talk about uh, you're from Indiana. Uh, let's talk about yeah. the decision to come to Northern Iowa. What made you decide to come to Cedar Falls, Iowa? I like the fact that it was, uh, you know, it was it felt like a you know nice small community. I felt like uh, everybody had my best interest at heart and that uh, I was going to be able to achieve both my academic and uh, athletic goals there. And uh, I just loved it when I came on the visit and, uh, and the coaching staff, and I thought it was the best fit for me. And do, do you still feel like nice it was? Compliment. Yeah. Do you feel, do you, are you glad uh, with your experience here at Northern Iowa? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I, uh, you know, I have no regrets. I had a, I had a great time. Uh, you know, a few, few matches short of, of what I really would have liked to have done, but... Uh, you know, I, I believe I did everything in my power. So, let's talk. I, I love highlight matches. I love maybe the the match that uh, that you remember most at Northern Iowa. What was that one match, Alex? Hmm. Uh, probably my freshman year at the uh, Western Regional Tournament, at the conference tournament. I had to uh, win the tournament to be able to go. Um, the weight class wasn't very strong, but uh, we knew I wasn't going to be able to get a wild card unless I did. And uh, I went out there and uh, not only beat the kid, I majored him and uh, made it my first trip to the NCAA tournament. And then, uh, which led to, um, I beat uh, Shane Webster from Oregon. And then the next year he won the national title and I was out hurt. So. Sure. Well, I, I do want to, I mean, Tolly Thompson, who's a, a legend in this area, NCAA champion from Janesville, Iowa. I'm assuming you wrestled with him a little bit or at least uh, came in contact with him. That dude's mean, man. He he could put it down. Am I right? I mean, that, that I've seen Tolly do some stuff. You don't want to mess with Tolly. No, you don't. You don't. But but uh, Tolly's a good guy, and you know he he was a huge help. And 
was a little bit big for me, you know, so he was putting on too much of a hurting on me at times. But, uh, but yeah, Tali was definitely a great asset. We're talking with Alex Daly, former Northern Iowa wrestler who will be representing Ireland at the World Championships September 12th through 18th. I want to ask you about this because this is an interesting story. You, uh, you're wrestling for Ireland. I'm, I'm just going to set it up for you that way. I know a little bit about it, but tell me how you got this opportunity to wrestle at the World Championships for Ireland. Huh, just, you know, kind of, you know, an odd situation. Uh, I reached out to Ireland uh, about, about a year ago, uh, contact with them. You know, I've been wrestling in the U.S., um, you know, came in fifth at the U.S. trials. But uh, unless you're top three, you don't really get any international experience. And I was talking with Franklin Gomez, a former Spartan wrestler, and, and uh, you know, it had come up that uh, I had a dual citizenship with Ireland, which uh, I've had since I was a young kid. And he said, why don't you try and get a hold of them and see if you, there's any opportunity there. And, and I did, and, and uh, it's not a, not a big sport in their country. And I contacted them, and they, they checked over all my paperwork. Uh, <clears throat> my All my uh, citizenship was good. and uh, But then they said, you know, at this time, we, we you know we only have uh, money for one or two people. If you're doing anything you're, you're right now, it's going to be on your own bill. And uh, I said, okay, I understand. And, and uh, you know, I wasn't real sure where it was going to go from there. And then about two months out from the European Championships, they called me and said, uh, you know, their guy in my weight class who they were planning on sending uh, up and moved to Canada. So they didn't have anybody and they didn't have anyone else that would be ready at such short notice. And I said, I'd, I'd love to go. I'm in. And uh, so then I had to get my passport and went wrestled in the European Championships. And then, you know, talking with the organization since then, said, you know, you're our guy to go to the world. And, and uh, so I've been training all summer and getting ready for that and take off here in about two weeks. Well, clearly we have to ask this. Why do you have dual citizenship? Uh, Ireland is a country that allows you to have dual citizenship through the Foreign Birthright Registry. Um, so that means if you're no more than second generation born outside of country, you can file the right paperwork and get citizenship. Now, my aunt did this for my brothers and I when we were kids as a gift, you know, as a present to us. And, uh, you know... We've grown up, and it's just a piece of paper, and you tell it to people and, and uh, never put it to use or use it for anything. And this time, you know, it worked in my favor. So my my grandpa uh, was born on the boat, and the, on the boat over to the U.S., and the boat is considered Irish property. So he's considered still born in country. So I am still, by the skin of my teeth, uh, able generation. to register. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so have you been to Ireland? No, never been there. <laughs> okay, so you've never been to Ireland. You're representing Ireland at the World Championships. Yeah. What? I mean, that's just a compelling story to me. Uh, I mean, this is uh, this is pretty interesting. What What do you feel uh, going into this? Do you feel uh, confident going in? I mean, goals going in. I mean, meddling is tough. We've seen that with the U.S. Uh, do you have ambitions of winning this thing? I, I mean, I think if you if you come in thinking anything less of of uh, you know, meddling or, or winning, and then it's just wasting your time and, and anybody else's that, that's helped you along the way. So, I mean, obviously I have goals and aspirations. You know, I want to be able to go over there and, and make a huge impact. I was going to say, um, your, your first trip to Ireland could be a victory parade, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
Training partners, what, what are you doing for a training situation to prepare for this World Championships? Uh, right now, uh, finally everybody got back to school this week, so I mean, I got a lot of our guys. We got a lot of you know, our Michigan State guys that train uh, Greco, so I got a lot of heavyweights and, and upperweights. We got some good freestyle guys around. Uh, been some different places this summer, you know, training just at Ohio State last, uh, working out with some of those guys at the Ohio Regional Training Center. And uh, so, so getting it in where I can. And, uh, and uh, so just trying to get ready. Talking with Alex Daly, former Northern Iowa wrestler, who will be competing at the World Championships for Ireland. Has not been to Ireland, but has dual citizenship. Uh, about three weeks? Yeah, 12th through 18th. What, what day is your competition? The 18th. 18th, so he'll be on the, the last day of competition. And he's going to represent Ireland at the World Championships in freestyle wrestling. You are at Michigan State right now as a volunteer assistant coach. Uh, Doug Bluebaugh, who was a big part of that program in the NCAA title in 1967, did you learn about him, uh, 1960 Olympic champion? He's someone that's really important to our sport and our history. Have you had a chance to learn about Doug Bluebaugh? I have. I have. Uh, Grady Penninger was the head coach in, uh, in 67, a longtime head coach here at Michigan State. Um, and Grady's in and out of the room every now and then still, and, and uh, he, we've heard some some great stories about uh, about Doug Bluebaugh and uh, since since I've been here over the last few years, so um, but we've always heard good things about him. What uh, volunteer assistant coach right now? I believe you're in grad school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W what's the next step? Do you want to continue on in coaching? Is this something you see as a career path? I do. I do. This is um, this is what I love. Uh, this is you know my you know I have my athletic goals and and my professional goals as well. Or you know, I want to be a, a full time assistant coach here in the in the future and. And um, down the road, hopefully, be uh, aspire to be a head coach. Um, and and so right now, I'm just paying my dues and working on my masters and uh, just seeing seeing where the road goes. I'm interested in the in the contrast and just the feel between competing at Northern Iowa, where that's Western Wrestling Conference. Uh, they call it mid major. I know Jason Bryant hates that, but we'll call it mid major. And you go to the Big Ten, where everyone's trying to get into the Big Ten right now. Uh, what's the feel? What's the the, the difference between Big Ten and uh, Western Wrestling Conference? Uh, it's it's huge. Um, you know, the Western Wrestling Conference especially has stepped it up in the last few years. Um, from when I was in school, I mean, Wyoming's come around and been a real a real power. Utah Valley, you know, busted onto the scene in the last year or two, and um, uh, so now it's, it's it's starting to get a little more a bit more even. You know, there was. A few more lax teams, and, and uh, you know, you felt like you get a little of a break, you know, going into the conference tournament. And uh, in the Big Ten, it's, you know, every guy's a hammer. Everybody you wrestle is, you know, you're going to wake up sore the next day, whether you win or lost. Expectations at Michigan State. Here, here's a team, one of, uh, one of ten in the history of the, the school, or in the history of the nation, that has won an NCAA team title. Do you feel like the expectation is there because Michigan State has, uh, for the last few years, hasn't performed as well as it should? Right. I think we've been a little down. Um, but, uh, you know, I know amongst the rest of the staff, our expectations are, are, are still, you know, we want to be Big Ten champs and we want to we win national titles. And we, want, we want guys to want the same thing. And uh, we're just working on uh, building that up and getting everybody to buy in and, uh, and pursuing you know the future and, and trying to build this program back up to where it should 
training facilities. I know that University of Iowa has expanded. I know Northern Iowa is wanting to expand its wrestling room. Do you feel like Michigan State has the training facility for wrestling to put yourself in that position? Um, you know, we don't we don't have the Penn State room or or the Iowa room, and and uh, we don't. But at the same time, it's it's just a room. You know, you're coming in there, and and it's it's not about the room you're doing it in; it's about the effort you're putting in. And uh, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, the, those changes are going to be made here. But uh, at the same time, we got to you know make sure kids realize that just because it's a nicer room doesn't mean that that you're going to be any better. You know, it comes from within, and it. And it comes from uh, you want to achieve those goals. Let's go back real quick before we uh, we end this segment. Uh, appreciate you having uh, coming on. This has been a really fun interview to talk to you about uh, wrestling at the World Championships in Ireland. Uh, you mentioned that uh, I'm assuming you said you had to pay for this trip. Is that correct? No, no, I don't. Okay, so you will no, not I have don't. to pay. Yeah. Are you going to meet up with the uh, the Irish delegation? Are they going to take care of you? Uh, do, do you know kind of the circumstances of what's going to happen once you arrive at the World Championships? Yeah, yeah. Um, so all my paperwork's been turned in. I'll be picked up at the at the airport and taken to my hotel room, and then um, it'll be the same as at the Europeans. They send out the coach, send the coach out. Um, he was actually their last guy to compete internationally uh, at my weight, um, and uh, so he'll meet me. You know, I think he'll get there the day after I do, and then he'll spend the whole week, uh, the whole time with me. And then the, for this trip, I uh, they're allowing me to bring my own coach as well. So I'm bringing uh, Roger Chandler, who is our uh, associate head coach, um, is going to come with me. You know, so I have someone that knows my wrestling and who's been helping helping me prepare for the tournament uh, in my corner as well. Great. Well, this is uh, certainly a fascinating story. I'm uh, I'm excited to follow how you're d- going to do at the World Championships for Ireland. Yeah, I'm going to keep some eyes on it. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, so we have a Northern Northern Iowa wrestler who will represent the World Championships. Uh, we wish you the best. Uh, thank you for coming on the program. Really uh, fascinated by the story, and hope to talk to you soon, Alex. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank you. you. Former Northern Iowa wrestler Alex Daly uh, going to go to Ireland, or not even going to yeah. Ireland, representing Ireland. He's never been to Ireland. I think that's a uh, yeah. What a great, intriguing story. Being Turkey, representing Ireland. Yeah. I mean, what uh All coming from Indiana through Northern Iowa. Through Northern Iowa to Michigan State. Never been to Ireland. And then goes to uh, Turkey. Look at all those opportunities that have been given to a young man that followed his dream of wrestling. Well, and, and I like what, uh, just that small moment where his, uh, his aunt was really instrumental in uh, keeping that citizenship. So many years ago. She didn't have this in mind, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> You get to represent your country. I know. I but, love that. You know, that. we ran into those, uh, the two ladies out, out at, uh, what, 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 what's the name of that cafe in Likens? Oh, I don't, well, it was Irish, but. Uh, yeah, and she was a member of the sprint team. Hey, we love Ireland. We love Doug Van Gelder, Scott Fensloff. I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to a special Tuesday edition of On the Mat. Tune in next Wednesday for another edition. You've been listening to 1650 The Fan, KCNZ.